podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We made it. This is a view from the Bridge official podcast of the Belfast Giants for Kingdom of the Giants.com. It's Tuesday, the 22nd of August, 2023. My name is Patrick Smith. We're live on YouTube, Facebook, and on Twitter. You can get us on your normal podcast providers, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the normal stuff. On this week's show, well, we're only uh, we're not that far away from the Belfast Giants starting their preseason against the Cardiff Devils. We'll be looking at that. We'll also be joined by Sean Norris, we'll be joined by Matt McLeod, we might be joined by Steve Thornton, we'll see that later on, um, and we'll be, we've will be we got some interviews from down at training. First, Mr. McJimsey, how are you doing? Good to see you. Paddy, it, honestly mate, it feels like last night when I went to sleep was just leaving the NIC, winning the, uh, the Grand Slam, and I woke up the very next day and we're right back at it. The summer has... Gone like that, you know, it's been a lot of fun. I've, I've done some really good fun stuff, but here yeah, we're back at it again, aren't we? Well, well done to the two years as well. And the last show, I really enjoyed it. I thought you said it was really, really enjoyable to listen to, and I watched a bit of it as well. I thought you did a cracking job. Give me, give me time, like, might need time for me to step away and let you boys go for it. Simon, how are you doing? No, I did, Paddy, don't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Davey was panicking the whole time. You just don't realise how smooth you... No offence, Davey, but you just... Paddy just doesn't realise how smooth it runs when you're basically at the at the helm um, and Davey and I are just talking nonsense. So um, I think it's fair to say that, you know, Davey was, was absolutely delighted when you're at the uh, the helm tonight. <laughs> and I listen, I, I really enjoyed the last show and the chat you had with Greg Prince and, and, and that sort of stuff was really fantastic. We have actually our first guest in the green room. I'm going to say to you, just give us two minutes, mate, and we will be with you. Fundamentally, what I want to get quickly started with is the Belfast Giants actually announced today that their roster is now complete. Since we last were on air, Charlie Curley was signed, but also the the return of of Mac Kell and Mason Alderson as well on two-way contracts. Just about those says getting those young lads who are on those two ways. Obviously Mac and Kell they've done so well with the Belfast Giants over the last couple of seasons. And the and Kell, we had him on you know, this the trophies that he picked up last season with with Solway and and the likes. Um, but also bring bring Alderson in. Like the Giants are fundamentally trying to find those those key links in local hockey to bring back and, and be part of our our, our setup. Yeah, it's important, you know, at the end of the day, the likes of Mark Garside and, and Kieran Long and, um, you know, and, and the, the older, not the older generation, but the guys who are basically getting towards the the uh, the end of their careers, we need to bring British players through. There's, there's no doubt about that. And, and look, it might not mean that they're going to get minutes every single game again this season, but it's, <laughs> it'll help their development. And I've seen a big change, and and especially with Mac um, over the last couple of days, you know, he, he's... It looks like he's up this game. He looks like he's been in the gym over the summer. Kel as well. And and then you talk about Mason Alderson. Mason Alderson's a big boy. 
um, you know, and, and really good hands for a, for such a big lad. And and, uh, and again, they're, they're going to get their chance. Um, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll do well in, in Solway for Mason and Kel and we Mac playing in Milton Keynes and getting regular minutes as well. So uh, wish the best of luck. And again, it's it's great to see them getting on the ice and, and you know, certainly not letting themselves down in training camp so far. But uh, as I said, it's really important for development that that even the, the kids in the junior giants see that Adam is given a chance to kids. As I say, they might not get seven, eight, nine minutes a game at the, the elite level in the UK anytime this season or next season, but it's going to have to happen down the line and hopefully they can they can bear with it and and uh, and and just keep on working hard because you've got guys coming in and and from uh, from North America you've got guys who who you know who've been playing this sport since they were a kid and they've been on the ice three four five times a week and with us only having one one rink in Northern Ireland and um, and it's just really difficult to try and get them more ice time so good to see but it's it's a it's a process that they need to work hard and and show that they can do it. And they deserve to be in where they are. Miss Davy Mason Olsen obviously has come through a system where you know with, with Guildford and the likes, and, and followed away with so many young lads. And I, I want to chat to, to, to Sean Norris when he comes to join us in just a moment. But because so many lads have tried to get you know come through the system and, and have had their shot at the elite league. You know, Mason went off to North America, spent a bit of time out there, do, developing his game before coming back and doing so well with Solway last season, and now he's got this shot at the elite league. Simon, I suppose the one one thing I took out of what Simon was saying there is about the pathway. Younger lads have to see that there's a pathway through. They stay engaged in the game. They want to play NIHL to, to, to try and dangle that card of coming to EIHL. You only have to, you've talked about Sean Norris coming on there, you know, has, has, has earned his time and has earned a contract. It's absolutely fantastic, a full-time pro. Um, Kel coming off a year where he, he had a couple of injuries, you know, he had, he had that one bad injury, I think it was it was either in Hull or Solway, I can't remember where he took it, and then he had obviously the puck in the face, which was was, was more... Gotta keep your head up. Gotta keep your eye on the puck. Um, unfortunate for him, but he came through that adversary, you know, that's the first time he's probably had a major injury in the last number of years. Um, you talk about developing game, it's also at this stage in life, Simon's talking about there, about developing the body, developing... You know your musculoskeletal you know you've got to get bigger you've got to be eating you got to be training you got to become a big boy to play in this league you know there's very very few small guys in, in the elite league anymore and if you're going to be small in this elite league you have to be super super fast but like i said t2 isn't even really that small but those just one that sprung to mind are you know so if you're going to be little you've got to be other have other tools so about developing the body as well but really great to see the three young lads four if you're if you're counting sean as well there um coming in earn a lot of ice time and see Anthony Russell our good friend Bonners the Waller saying you know if we can't find a way of getting Cal beating more than six minutes a game obviously he's watched a good bit of him in the lower leagues and, and can see what he can do and, and that's the, the balls in Cal's court as well now he's got to turn up the training every time and and you know put it in every day and, and prove himself you, you talk all the time but you've got to earn your ice time you know it's that, that mantra that you always hear and happy you earn your ice time these guys have to earn their ice time by being, you know, the old cliche is being first on, last off the ice at training, doing all the little things, eating right, sleeping right, resting right, you know, training right, and and, and their time will come. They're they're in the right, they're in the right organisation, who will put them whether it's Solway and, and with their says I'll tell you Marty Grubbin etc. Tim Lawrence still in Milton Keynes. Yes. Yeah. So you know. No, not with Tim good, Lawrence. Tim. Tim. Uh, Tim, Tim Wallace. Lawrence. Sorry. Tim, Tim Wallace. Wallace. Yeah. Um. Sorry. Um. 
so they're with good coaches when they're away from Belfast and when they're in Belfast you only need to look along that bench of George Wada, Jeff Mason, Adam Keith, Stewie, you know, his dad. So, you know, they're getting good coaching. They're getting good training tips from a lot of the pros that they're with, and that can only stand them in good stead. Let's bring our first guest <laughs> in then on, on this sort of vein of, of, of players who have developed. And we mentioned his name a couple of times there, and he was brought in on a on a two-way deal with NK and has taken that opportunity of both hands scoring big goals and big performances, and he's taken he's a full-time contract with the Belfast Giants this season. Please welcome to View from the Bridge, Sean Chuck Norris. How are you doing, Sean? All right? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Not too bad. Turn your phone sideways on its side or whatever. Is it your... Whoop. There we go. That's it. Good. Before we before we get into like, because I, I want to have a chat with you about you know how the summer's been and, and what you're expecting. What we you were you were in the green room there. You probably were hearing a bit of what we were saying about the development and taking this opportunity. You know, you came through a system where you, you know you were at Bracknell and and MK, but you also went to the Czech Republic and and did a bit of development there. Was that because because of the pathway? Did you find that you needed to gain experience elsewhere? before coming back and trying to, to go at the higher level? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think for me, moving to Czech was such a big step for me because like you were just saying, as I was in the green room, size, strength and speed is like such a big thing from the age when you jump from 16 to 20. Like them four years are so important for kids to put on size, put on strength and it, all it, you just gain confidence and you, you, you're playing with men. So you've got to be bigger, you've got to be stronger. And and do you think that's a real failing in the system that we have here in the UK at the minute? Is the fact that you see so many? You see, we talked just there about Mason Alden also going out to North America. I know somebody in the kitchen just banging around, just getting stuff there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the um. But you you talk about Mason Mason Alden there going off to North America, which is happened so many. I think of like uh, Jonathan Boxall did the same sort of thing. I know that around the corner from where I live here, you a young lad. Josh Crawley's just come back from North America before going to play for Blackburn. You know, it, it, it seems to be there is that gap of trying to go from youth hockey into, for lack of a better term, adult hockey. Yeah, no, um, as Kitchy was saying as well, like lack of ice time is, is so tough uh, in, in this country because, I mean, you've got guys out in Europe and America, they've got so many rinks and so many facilities that they can train every day, if not twice a day. And they're like kind of getting that step ahead. So if you can, I would, I mean, from my experience, I would get out Europe or like you're saying in the States and just get out of your comfort zone and you, you learn yeah. so much when you're out there with these players. Sean, as fans of the Belfast Giants, we imagine, you know, a contract was put in front of you by Adam Keith and, and two seconds later, yes, I'm saying that. I'm sure there was a little bit more thought went in. This is a big decision to... To step away from your your full time job and and your part time hockey into being full time pro. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's it's been something I've been waiting for for a long time. I mean, I wasn't enjoying my day job as much as as much as some do, but uh, yeah, I've been waiting for a full time contract for a long time. I mean, like I said, like I've I've never been here for nothing but the love of the game. So to be able to play it full time and to be able to do it every day is is a dream come true for me for sure. And oh, what way to put this? What what are you expecting of the of the coming season of becoming a full time pro? What what is it your your thinking is going to change? Um, I want to say, well, playing a full season, so seventy games is it? I think we've got around. So 
getting that, uh, yeah, getting that, um, getting that ice time, playing that full season, but also, as I was saying, training every day and getting into that professional mindset of like knowing what it takes. So when it comes to gym, nutrition, all of that stuff, like, and I want to, I want to grow, and I, and I feel like I'm gonna go quick here. Sean, I was watching practice on Monday. Um, tell, us, tell us about the choo choo trail that came through a set race. Good old Davy, good old Davy. Yeah, he, he took my head off. The boys loved it, so that, that was good. Got the boys going, but taught me a lesson real quick. Yeah, first first scrimmage of the season. Uh, yeah, Davy decided to just take the body, not the puck, and yeah, <laughs> I, I took the tough end of that hit. But this, this is what we talk about when you're, it's about your development. You know, you've been playing it. You know, you've been playing hockey a long time now. But when you step up, hey, go ahead. Hey, go ahead. Oh man, we'll get him on. We'll get him on. Just appearance on a view from the bridge. <laughs> Absolutely, we'll get him on in a few weeks' time. Um, the uh, it, it just it, it, we talk about the development, and you talk about stepping up the levels. You know, you you got a taste of it last year. You played at MK. You, you know. That, you were scored a hell of a lot of points in MK last year, and again you mm -hmm. stepped up and you made that uh, you made that uh, adjustment to play at the elite league level, and now you're getting that chance full time. But it is a different level when you're playing with these and training with these guys every single day of the week, and when you see the likes of an experienced defenseman coming through the middle, it just makes you look that you know you'll you'll not do that again the rest of this season, will you? Oh no, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like like you're saying, it, it makes you second guess like what you're doing. I mean. In the league below, it was it was more of a a growing phase for me, learning how to be in certain situations when it comes down to I don't know five minutes left, being able to score a big goal or make a big block. But like when you step up to here, it's a whole other ball game. You go back down to uh, I, I want, don't want to say a grinders game, but you want to go back down to like it's working again. It's it's not as fun as you think it is, but the the experience in these guys is a lot higher. And yeah, like you're saying, Davey knew exactly when to step up and he eliminated his man. Sean, I remember when um, Kieran Long, Kieran Long came across from Manchester and he'd been playing top six minutes there, scoring a lot of goals. And when he came into Belfast, he wasn't playing top six minutes anymore. And he had to kind of make that, I guess, mental adjustment as well as physical adjustment to be playing rather than playing 20 plus minutes a night, maybe playing less than 10 minutes. Um, and you're going from perhaps Milton Keynes, who probably play more than 20 minutes, to a role. You've sort of half answered the question there in your last bit. Is that going to take a little bit of mental adjustment too? Or because you've been on the bench in Belfast for however many games it was last season, you already kind of know what's expected? Yeah, I've, I've got a, I've got an idea what what's expected of me. But uh, for sure, the adjustment isn't always easy. But like you're saying, from last season... I got tested a couple of times. I I tried things in this league that I could do in the league below. Turnovers happened and bad things came from it, but you, you learn from that and you grow from that. And for sure, it will be easier for me because I've got a taste of it. But as you were saying before, like Mason and like these young guys, the quicker they get on two ways and learn the adjustments and learn how to know to play in this league, they're just going to keep growing. That's interesting. It comes on the back of what the guys were asking you there as well. It's the fact that we see so many players who do go on two ways and we see so many players who have signed it and that we've talked about that pathway. 
what made you different? Do you think that you you took that next step? We we spoke to we spoke to uh, John O'Phillips last season, where he talked about the guys who like from Cardiff and the guys who have made it through through the system because they were able to put their all into it and make the sacrifices. Ultimately, I guess that's what it is. It's making those sacrifices, but you'd know better. No, for sure, the sacrifices are the main thing, but it's also known like you, um, like David was just saying. It's the adjustments that you're willing to do. I mean, you can be a great player in the league below, but if you're not willing to come up and do the adjustments of being like a role player and doing what you need to be doing to help the team win and help the team progress, it's it's harder. So, yeah, the easier you can adjust and you know what you're doing up here, it's. I I found it easier because I've, I'm easy to adjust the roles. Last last one for me. I just seen the chucker. Um, last one for me. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the sort of the growth. If you like, if, like a bit of a growth mindset question. You've got like the Mark Garsides and the older Brit guys, the John Phillips that we've just referenced there, and those were the guys that probably you looked up to on a British level. And then you're you're still at the bottom end. Uh, and I mean that in age um, of the of the British guys. But then you've got the younger tier below you as well, who are looking up to you now. And they're saying that you've made that pathway from the NHL and, and says reference earlier we're talking about that pathway. And it's really important, I guess, from not just what you do on the ice, but how you prepare off the ice and the professionalism that you show that those guys are now watching you, what happens to you in the IHL and what where your career goes. That so you're kind of like a bit of a trailblazer for those younger guys. You ready for that responsibility as well? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I was training a little, a couple times in a, in Slough where I first began, so NHL one I want to say, and still preparing as I would for training here, still doing the same things. And guys start copying and guys start following. And the message I would send is do what you would do here down there, like do no different. Take it as professionally as you would, because like like you were saying about me, I came from arguably the lowest league in England and in, in UK to the top league. And it came in stages. It took me four years, five years. But the way I came up, I always knew be professional wherever you are, whatever you're doing, and carry yourself with that manner. How are preparations going for this weekend's uh, matchups against the Cardiff Devils? Individually or as a team? Uh, well, uh, both. As a team, the boys are flying. We're having a good time. We're just, you know, we're gelling real, real good. Having a laugh. Had it well, apart from getting smoked by Davy, that wasn't the, <laughs> the greatest laugh. But uh, yeah, we're all having a laugh. Um, all getting to know each other. Like it's, it's going good. And individually, yeah, feeling good. Just itching now. I know that that crowd's going to be waiting for us, and I know every single one of these boys is going to be buzzing. So yeah. I'm, How difficult I'm is waiting. it to sort? Sorry, so it's good. Go ahead. Um, what, about skate, saying, yeah. what about the skate test on Monday morning? How do you find that? Um, easier with a group of 20 guys, but still not the easiest thing I've ever done. I mean, it it certainly motivates you when you look to your left and look to your right and you see the boys going and everyone's encouraging each other on. But you get to that third ref and you know you've got two more, it, it, it kind of gets easy. But getting to that third ref isn't the easiest thing I've done. The cramps started kicking in real early. 
Well, listen, mate, thanks for joining us. Uh, good luck this season. Um, thanks for being so honest with regards to the, chatting about these pathways. It's, it, it's, it is very interesting to hear, especially from a lad like yourself who has come through the system and, uh, and hopefully you'll be able to pass on some of that experience to some of the younger lads. Um, and yeah, good luck, good luck this weekend and going forward. Yep, I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Big thanks to to, to to Sean Norris for his time. And you know, just briefly, but you know, Davey, a lot like that. We we like John, like I said there, John O'Phillips said this last year last year that you know, some lads take their opportunities, some lads make the sacrifices when some lads don't. And there's some that fellow there who has made the sacrifices. I can't imagine that it's easy at all that the for it to happen what will probably feel like really slowly and you probably have because you've to play at the elite level, you have to have massive confidence in your own ability, even yeah. when you're having to continually prove yourself night on night, because you're only as good as the, like the whole my Bobcock, what have you done for me lately sort of attitude. You know, you've got to continually prove yourself day after day, game after game, month after month, season after season, as it's been for Sean. But, you know, delighted for a young British lad to get his chance at the IHL. You only need to look at the comments from... The likes of um, banners on the wall, aren't they? You know who've watched who watch these leagues more intently than perhaps we do because we're kind of elite league focused, and they watch these guys and say, if you give them a chance at elite level, they'll do it. But now they've got to come into the elite level and they've got to start almost again and earn that ice time again. A bit like the the Kieran Long took a couple of seasons to start getting those minutes, and then the big goals came because the quality was never in doubt. He was scoring, you put him on the top six in Manchester, he was scoring lots and lots of goals. He didn't come in here necessarily as a top six player, so he had to earn that ice time, earn the coaches trust players, coaches player of the year last year, I think. You know, um, scored clutch goals, played back, played at the back end when he had to, he played up front, showed his versatility. And these British guys that have to probably fight a little bit more for their ice time than the imports that come in, just because they're coming from situations where they're, as Sean has said, they're on the ice five or six times a week when they're growing up. They've got that skating, so that, that natural from their walk and their skating. So it's great to see them coming in there. It's great to see, and we'll, we'll use that pathway reference again, it's great to see that younger lads can see what he's done. That's how he's got to the top table. This is how he's going to, this is what he's saying you need to do to get there. Copy me, you know, be professional, do everything in the right way, take those small steps. Don't think about trying to make one big, one giant leap for mankind. Just small steps and repeat, repeat, repeat all those good things and then good things will happen to you. We're doing a bit of a, we were trying to do a bit of guest juggling in the background here, but uh, the, the the head of hockey operations is yet to, to join us. He might do it very shortly. But in the meantime, we got even better. We were joined by a man who, when he joined the Belfast Giants midway through last season, he hit the ground, didn't just hit the ground running. He hit the ground flying, and uh, I know not just myself and yourselves, boys, but I know a lot of people are delighted to see him back. Please welcome back to your view from the bridge, Matt McLeod. How are you doing, man? Doing good, guys. Good to be back. Excited to be back in Belfast. How difficult was it to make the decision to come back for uh, from the start from the start of the year this time? <laughs> Probably the uh, easiest decision of my life, besides uh, having to actually suffer through the skate test this year. I know last year I uh, kind of missed all the the tough part, the grind of the year, and the boys kind of <laughs> took care of that for me, and I could just kind of come in for the and help out and win the championships. But uh, this year, you know, I'm excited to come in and experience the grind and the and the full season. I'm just excited to be experiencing uh, the start of the year here with 
little bit of nicer weather and uh you know getting to meet the boys from day one it's it's been great and you came straight in and you won a trophy what a start that was yeah i couldn't uh <laughs> couldn't really beat that so um pretty good start to belfast and uh, i think we're just going to keep it going here for sure david oh like matt you'll have you'll have had certain expectations when when you got the opportunity to come in last season but like first time in, in our club's history that we've, we've went on and won a grand slam obviously you missed out on the champions hockey league you're going to get to do that this season so that'll probably hopefully have played into a little bit of your easy decision to return but like my goodness it was quite a run from you landed here to the april when we won the when we won the lot yeah i mean i didn't really i didn't really know what to expect coming in i knew i was coming in kind of at the end of the season um i didn't really know what the challenge cup was coming in but then kitchy kind of filled me in on the way when he picked me up from the airport uh that day when i arrived he's like yeah we got a championship game uh in five games and i'm like all right let's go and so uh kind of just got here and learned about the you know the tradition and the process and you know kind of heard from the boys about what they've been been through the whole year and you know the grind and so i was just happy to come in and be able to be a part of that and add to it and you know the boys worked all year and for that and i was just happy to be able to come in and you know make it happen and celebrate with them we've been really fortunate the last couple of seasons we've hosted the the challenge cup final i find that's quite fascinating actually that games and these like first six games in september are so crucial to potentially hosting that final like there's no dead rubbers you could be qualified after three games you've got to go on and try and win all six games to to try and host through it's so important is that is that something now that you've had a grasp of because you've played in that final like you want to go there again you've got to get into these new guys here that these games away and done there whatever are so vital even though they're just at the start of september yeah, I think that's what, uh, you know, Kiefer's been trying to emphasize to us for sure. That, like, the whole season is – it's it's not like back in North America where you have the regular season, you know, you have a game off and you could lose a game here or there. But here, the, the whole season is really the playoffs and you have to show up every game. You can't just be, you know, losing a game and thinking, oh, it's just one game. You know, because every game here really matters, especially, you know, in the Challenge Cup round robin. Even more in the regular season when it comes down, you know – you lose 10 games in the first month and you're already out of the, the play or the regular season run. So um, I think it's really important that, you know, we, we have a great start in, in champions league and then kind of transition that right into the challenge cup games and, you know, get the ground running here. Matty, you've been on the ice now for three days um, with your new teammates and, and the guys from last year. Who's standing out for you? Who's, uh, who's making moves? Who's, um, you obviously have played to play against a lot of these guys in, in ECHL and uh, as well. So, is there anybody standing out that, that the fans should look out for? I mean, I wasn't expecting that hit at uh, Norris by uh, David Phillips. You guys were talking about that earlier. That was pretty uh, crazy to see. It was the first first day of camp. Um, but no, I mean, all all the new guys uh, are, are are you know on on paper. It's we like watching the signings come in this summer. Um, and just seeing the caliber of guys we're able to bring in this year, it just got me really excited. Um, you know, I think they've really done a good job of bringing quality, quality guys in here, quality players. And after meeting them, you, you tell that they're really good guys and that I, 
I feel like I knew a bunch of the guys from before too, just from around the hockey world. So had a lot of connections to these guys coming in. You know, I used to play with Miles Gendron back uh, in the ECHL. I played with Daniel Tedesco um, back in my OJHL days. So um, been able to practice on a line with him the first few days, and uh, we've been scoring a few goals together. So it's been pretty fun. Um, you know, just excited to see how we all kind of gel together. I know we have a ton of talent, so. Um, I think these next couple of days of, of camp and, and practice are going to be important for us. And as we get ready for Cardiff this weekend, and then obviously for uh, Champions League next weekend. And obviously, you know, when you look back at last season, um, you want more success. There's, there's no making open on it. But one of the things you're doing this year is school. Um, you must be looking forward to the game. It's about the balance. And like we're, you're here as a hockey player, but you're, you're going to have the opportunity to, to go to school this year. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, you caught me uh, in the middle of a 10-page uh, <laughs> paper right now. So kind of just grinding that one out. Um, but yeah, the opportunity to be able to go to school uh, is is awesome. Um, just to, you know, make me feel good about my future. Uh, I think the biggest thing is just the opportunity to turn my brain back on um, and like start thinking about that kind of thing. Um, you know, the past few years playing pro, it's kind of just you're just thinking about hockey every day um and obviously still thinking a lot about hockey but it's nice to you know take a break from that and kind of think about what comes after hockey and get my brain kind of turning and ideas coming um so it's been really great um it's a really good program through LaSalle that they have and I know a couple other guys are, are starting up this year so it'll be fun to have a few classmates on the team again <laughs> kind of go through that all together I, 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 sorry, I find it interesting as well. Someone you just said there, we were chatting the the says with regards to the players that you've played with before, played against before, and it shows you how how small a community the, the hockey community can be when it comes to guys like yourselves who are moving and cross over to, to to Europe and the likes. Does it make it easier then? Because obviously, training camp we're very short in training camp here. It's bang, we're playing we're playing Cardiff on on Friday and Saturday, and then you're in the CHL having that opportunity where you do know guys already, not just your teammates from last season who have come back, but guys you've played with, I assume that means things can gel a lot quicker. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, going around the room, like either everyone has, has known someone from before, like there's a, there's a connection everywhere. So it makes, you know, introducing each other a lot easier when guys have history with each other and can bring up old stories and, you know, you're hearing, guys talk about old stories they have with other guys in the room and, you know, chatting about funny stories that the guys have. Um, and I mean, yeah, like it, obviously there's, it's a high import league. So there's going to be a lot of guys from, from back in Canada and the U S that have, you know, played around the, the pro leagues over there. So we've all been kind of connecting through our stories of back there. And, you know, I've been sharing my brief stories of over here to get them excited about here. So, um, yeah, it's definitely been easier and, you know, the gelling process is definitely underway and um, I can definitely tell this is going to be a close-knit team. Fantastic. And one last question, you know, how are you feeling for Friday? Uh, really good. Yeah, I think uh, Kiefer's got our legs moving here uh, through the first few days of practice really well. Um, now that the testing is all done, I think we can all kind of release some of that anxiousness about <laughs> coming to the rink every day and we can kind of just <laughs> relax and you know loosen up on our sticks a bit um so uh yeah i think i think friday is going to be you know a huge huge day for everyone and 
everyone's going to be excited to get out there in front of our fans again because I know they're going to be excited to watch us play. So, yeah. Matt, Except one last one question. question. Simon? Um, Sato or McLeod in a race? Who have you got? <laughs> I, I can't, like, I'm not going to bet against myself. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, making, not, we're not going to make it happen just yet, but we're going to make it happen at some point. Yeah. <laughs> That's good to hear. <laughs> Matt, listen, thank you very much for joining us. We really appreciate it. And uh, good luck this Friday and good luck for the season. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Big thanks to, to Matt McLeod for joining us. And we're powering on ahead. Um, and we're delighted to be joined by the head of hockey operations for the Belfast Giants. That is, of course, Steve Thornton. How are you doing, mate? I'm very good, Paddy. How are you? Yeah, yeah, doing really good. First question is this. How does this team differ to last year's? Hmm. Good question. It's, I mean, you watch preseason um, and you try to get a judge of where you're at. It's so hard to know until you actually get into the games because, you know, I've played with a lot of great practice players who look spectacular, all, all world in practice. And, and, and it, sometimes it just doesn't translate to the game. So uh, we're hoping that's not the case. You know, we're looking, I think, pretty good on the ice right now. There's probably a few unknowns this year. Like we, we, we knew that we had some high-end offensive talent and goals um with Conway coming back I think he scored 40 the year before last and we were we were probably concerned that cons was going to trend down on that because JJ was so instrumental on that line yeah. but they didn't expect him to score 50 uh, and when he got going like he was he was obviously uh, the main ingredient of a, of a fantastic line are we going to have a fantastic line this year that carries us I'm not I think so like I think there's the talent there for it but I also think we have the depth to go at teams with three or four lines. One of the things we always remember, one of the things you said, especially when you were starting to redevelop the team and, and take on your role as head hockey operations or general manager and building the teams, speed kills. Now, we've just heard from Sis asking that question in regards to McLeod and Sato, and it seems that you've got those players, the, these quick players that we've had over the last number of seasons that have helped us win titles. We certainly look fast. It's either me getting older and slowing down mentally, or the guys <laughs> getting up one of the two. I'm not 100 sure, but like the, the you know that I think guys come, and especially a lot of new guys that come to new environments, they want to they want to make a good first impression. So like the first you know week to two weeks of training camp, you know, you should really look good, you know, because you're coming and throwing everything at at the coaches and the staff to to kind of pitch for the power play spots and to be on the good line. So you're kind of emptying at every practice, but. Certainly my impression of the, the fir first few days of camp is that we've got very good team speed this year. Steve, I was reading earlier there that um, I'd love to know what your own thoughts, like 2014, April 2014, you came back as head of hockey operations were obviously thrust into the coaching role, which perhaps wasn't what you were coming back for. But it's been nearly 10 years and it's been pretty successful. Like if you look back at the, I know that the, the probably look back after it's all finished probably more as a complete picture but like you must be pretty happy with how this first chunk of sort of the 10 years has gone yeah absolutely i mean first and foremost i love it here i love working for the organization i love the city i love the fan like i love everything about it so like that you put that aside like your your, your kind of personal happiness and then you get into the fact that you're in a sport and you're able to win trophies and we've been able to do that like that that that's kind of why you why you do it and and it's the growth that we've had 
not only the growth like with what you're seeing in terms of the bums on seats but like the professionalism of the organization the way we run things and you know from top to bottom it, it, it's a really really well run ship i'd say and you know I'm, i play a part in that but like i'm just a cog in the machine there's a lot of people that play a big part in that um so you know when guys come in like you know we, i i wasn't it was like a decade ago that or maybe a little bit more than a decade ago that i was a player coach and you, you know you were kind of just plugging holes everywhere and now now it's you know it's a pretty good setup for these guys to come into and the way i look at it is you know, we we, we want to put it on the plate for them to have success so we create the environment um for the guys to 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 have success and they build the culture like in that locker room so i'm i'm taking away excuses everywhere i can and then we're also looking for those one percents wherever you can grab them just a quick comment for me davy before you come back in is i was chatting to let's say an opposite number of yourself at another elite league club at the playoffs this year and um one of the best compliments i think he came up with the fact that he said that he felt that the belfast giants are being run like a del operation he said that that you guys have put yourselves in such a professional position that it's been difficult for other teams to catch up and everybody seems to be playing catch up to us i think that's a credit to the way you and and uh, robert and, and all the guys behind the, the scenes work to put this organization together but you know obviously the del is often taken as that sort of german sort of efficient organization well, you, you played for a del team yourself you know do you is that a sort of a model that you work towards well i think so yeah i mean i, I i've been fortunate to play in a lot of great organizations great clubs dating back to like college, like these NCAA club, clubs now are, are, they're treated like NHLers, you know, they're coming from great venues, great locker rooms. And, and again, they're, they just have it on a plate for them to have success. And that, that is the way I look at it. Like you, you, you're trying to go into these things to find the formula to give yourself success. Like you got to build the environment, surround yourself with good people, have good leadership from the top. And we've got a lot of those things in place here. So, and then the relationships, the way we intertwine. So we, like Kiefer and I get along really really well we work together really really well and and the same thing with the rest of the coaching staff and then and then it filters through the off-ice team like it's not it's it's you know there's a lot of people that are there like with the the medals around their net neck um that are in front of a camera but there's so many people that are behind the camera that add to that like there's you know the, the small things that happen upon arrival that make it seamless for the players and simon and, and laura and kelly and and stephen key and those guys play a huge part in that so when they get here you reference those short training camps we have in the UK that they they can just focus on what we want them to focus on, um, and and again like those are the things I find that like when I look at places that I played that that were done really really well, it's it's this sometimes they go overlooked but it's those small touches that made such a big difference. I find that interesting at the very start of your answer to my previous question, you referenced your personal happiness whether that was i can't remember whether it was important or wasn't important or you set it aside for for the hockey or whatever find it really interesting that how important personal happiness probably is to the success of the club and we had matt mcleod on there i don't know if you've seen any of his interview or not it would be hard to make matt mcleod a happier person but with the school and he's talking about switching his brain on again all he's thought about talking and now he's thinking and he was almost illuminated he was like happy and i i seen it actually in lily this morning got her away from her ipad got her to do a little quiz and she was buzzing switching her brain on and she's happy and you've got guys in that organization now that even when they're not at the rink they're happy so when they come to the rink 
they're happy because they're playing and they're you know you've built that environment i know it's a bit of a long-winded question but you're building that environment where happiness isn't just being at the rink playing hockey it's you're coming to belfast for that happy experience oh it's the full experience absolutely and it's not it extends beyond the the players like their their girlfriends wives partners kids they we need to make sure that like when they go home that they're having a great time they're enjoying coming to the rink and and it's not a dead end you know as much as it hurts losing players like we've lost players in the past like matt referenced the the schooling like he's progressing his life after hockey that's so important and and if we can progress guys on from belfast into leagues that can earn them more money that's important for them as well. And then it allows us to get the next generation of players through. Hopefully they come back, you know, hopefully they come back, but you don't want them to feel like they're held back. And when they feel like they're held back, that can drag down a locker room as well. So we're doing what we can for the individual, making sure that their needs are taken care of, like all over the place, not just like in the locker room or on the ice. Like we try to make sure that we take as many boxes as possible. And that's what creates that environment because we can't create the culture, you know, like we everybody talks about cultures of leadership, cultures of winning team. The only thing we can really do is provide an environment for like a good culture to be formed. And the player has got to do that. You're on mute, Simon. Um, there we go. <laughs> um, Steve, you'd made a comment in the office the other day uh, that I think you said it was 60 players now that we put through the school program. Um, how important is that option from the likes of Ulster University and the South University? as a, a recruitment tool? Well, it's huge. It's huge. I mean, it, 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 I mean, it's great for the organization. Again, like we, we, we do position ourselves and pride ourselves in that, that we progress, we progress people. Um, but yeah, like early days, it was a massive recruiting tool for sure. Like that was one of the things that defined teams. And I think Coventry saw a lot of success when, when they were doing it and, and other teams weren't now every, everybody's doing it. So you're always looking for that kind of next level and it's how you manage it, like with guys in the program as well. So we've got a lot of guys that are, that are in the program and, and we're, it's a juggle. I mean, like as they're coming into their exam season and we've also got our playoffs, like it, it, it is that balancing act. And we've had a lot of experience over the years of doing it and Kiefer manages it extremely well. And I think it's, it's you know, in sports everybody wants things done instantly and it's it's sometimes a slow burn and you got to put your time in so like the early days when we were kind of building those foundations you know we started kind of with the, the ulster university relationship and we were trying to figure things out and how we attracted players how we recruited how we kind of let the agents know how we let everybody uh, involved know and now we've gotten to a point where it's fairly seamless. Like, you know, the, the, the hockey world is big, but at the same time, it's very tight net. So like we're known for uh, a location where people can come and have a quality life and get an education at two good institutions and we manage it well. So I, I think, I think, you know, we've, we've, you know, two or three years of, of kind of growing that. And now we're really, we're, we're, we're kind of eating the fruit and then you mix in the French of four which probably changed the trajectory of the organization, I'd say, because, you know, we were hovering when I came back uh, for, for uh, success. Like we were close to silverware, but we weren't quite there. And then you, you look at how those two go hand in hand. You know, we've got four university teams of high-end talent coming in and seeing this world-class city, uh, great nightlife, great hotels and a fantastic arena, uber-friendly people, you know, like, and, and, and you wouldn't know that from North America. So we're, sh we're showcasing it to them. And then all of a sudden we're getting a higher quality 
um, person that's coming in looking at the education program. So, and then, and then we started winning trophies. So like, there's a lot of ingredients. When you look around the league and you look at the teams that are being put together coming into this new elite league season, is there any team specifically that concerns you? When it comes to I mean, every, every team concerns me at every point this 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 time of the year. Like I, you, you stress on it as soon as you st stop stressing and stop caring, that's when you probably start losing, I suppose. But like the, you know, the, the they're not just the the kind of the regulars that you assume that are going to be at the top now. Like Card Cardiff have done well, I think, just in that they've kept a lot of their top players and the, and they brought in some, you know, top line talent on top of that. And Sheffield's in a similar boat. I think Nottingham's going to be improved. Glasgow's definitely going to be improved and. You know, Guildford has strengthened, I'd say, as well. So, like, I think as a whole on paper, it seems like the league has has gotten better this year. Just looking at at rosters, and you got to see how that shakes out on the ice, I suppose. Go on, Davey. I, I'm going to go, Paddy. Just um, coach, you're, you're referencing their um, Guildford, and, and they've got stronger. Yet you've you've probably taken one of their premier players and Daniel Tedesco. How important is that when you're looking around the league that you can possibly poach a player here or there? You obviously run up against that as well, where other coaches are trying to. I, I think for us it was it was massive because you know you can you can bring in you can bring in a lot of guys that have offensive talent in in leagues outside of the UK, but the UK is a different animal. I think Matt touched on like the marathon of the season and the grind and and it's not for everybody. You know, you're playing 54 playoff games, mixing in cups in between that. And you have a coach yelling at you in August, like it's a playoff game. They don't know what's going on. Like, so it, it really is not for everybody. So knowing that you have players that can play in that environment and have had successes, especially offensively is huge because there's a lot of one goal games here. And, you know, we had, we had a lot of success, last couple of years because we had a few key guys that were scoring those big goals. Tedesco is a guy that scored big goals for Guilford in, in the playoff hunt, you know, in championship games, you know, he, he's, he's kind of felt that burden had coaches screaming down his neck in December and, and still done it. So we, we wanted to make sure that we had some guys coming in that we, we knew could play in the UK and he's one of them. It's interesting. One of the things I was listening to um, an interview with Matt Ginn earlier today on the, from uh, that's on the three and three podcast. And one of the things that Matt Ginn was talking about being like a new coach is the fact that you know the players that he was saying he kept saying, "Oh, I played with him, or I played against him, I played alongside him, I play, I know of him when he played." How do I put this respectfully, Steve? How has your your approach changed? Because when you started coaching with us and you're bringing these teams, you probably that's probably a, a, something that you brought in. You know, I played with this guy, I played against this guy. Now, not so much. How's your approach to, to recruitment changed in that? Well, I think I think first and foremost we have more people to debate it, and we do debate it. Like you know, there's there's you know when we're when we're looking at players, we looked at the pros and the cons of signing a bunch of players, and we do get rejected a lot. Like we go after a lot of players we probably shouldn't have. But the biggest thing is technology. You know, when when I started recruiting. Um, you were lucky if you found a few clips on YouTube and you were hoping to get references of people you knew that saw them play. And, and now the world is so accessible. You can see, you can, you can watch all the highlights and all the lowlights, not just the highlights, which is probably the important, important bit. So we get, we get a chance to see guys, you know, in, in full game, full game mode, not just when they score. And we get to see specific details about the way they play and, 
and then we can access, you know, coaches uh, quite easily um, to, to give responses. And the hockey world kind of takes care of each other, I suppose. Like, you, very, very rarely do you go after, like, GMs or coaches and ask for references on players in terms of what they can provide on the ice and character, and they don't get back to you. So you can probably build a bigger picture now, and we've got a few more people involved in that. One last question for me, and then we'll we'll let you back to your evening, Steve. Is I asked you what concerns you, what excites you coming into this new season. What we have a game on Friday against Car, sorry, two games this weekend against Cardiff and into the CHL. But when it comes into the season, what is exciting you about this Belfast chance? Well, I, I love the fact that we're we're out defending trophies now. I mean, that's always a bonus when you're starting the season that way. It puts a target on your back, but we're starting from a pretty good spot. I, I like our depth right now on paper. Like I think at this this time of the season, without seeing guys like in a game situation, you know, I think that that we've got a, quite a lot of potential weapons that can could do damage. But it just it, again, I, I keep talking about like them on paper and how it translates into the games. It's yet to be seen. So there's a, there's a lot of unknowns, but there's a lot of excitement. Uh, if I didn't mention our goaltending, I'd probably be I'd probably be shooting myself in the foot a bit because I think I think goaltending in this league is crucial and and you know we're starting the season with a tandem that have had a lot of trophies uh, um, in the past, so that is that's massive for us too. Well, Steve, we really appreciate you giving us the time. Obviously, it's a very busy time coming into this weekend and and the CHL and the start of the brand new season, but we do appreciate you coming on and chatting to us. And uh, thank no, you very don't. much, and looking forward to seeing you through the season. Yeah, thank you guys. Good to see you again. Good to see you, Steve. <laughs> Good to see you, Steve. See you tomorrow. <laughs> but, you know, you, you said there just in regards to our chat there, uh, says is the fact that Steve has the passion for the club. He has the ability and he has the success that's put it through. And, and, it, and it shines through with what he's talking about there. Listen, I, I see the time and the effort and, and everything that he puts into this on a daily basis. And, you know, there's no stone unturned. You already talked about the, you know, the input that he has from the coaches, and you know, all four coaches have been involved uh, all through the summer uh, with regards to recruitment, and they've had meetings Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays every single week. Uh, they're looking at play. I mean, to be honest, I walked in the other day. Mason and Adam are still looking at players, and we've already told them that's it done. And you know, mm-hmm. Steve. You know, talks about we had we had a running joke towards the end of last season. You know, Steve at the end of the day signed two teams last year. Um, you know, and and I, I was going to bring it up there now, but it's probably a touchy subject because we are done. That's it. We've brought everybody in so far. <laughs> um, but you know, you see the effort that he puts in. You see Adam. I mean, we he touched on myself, Kelly, Laura um, at the weekend night. You know, we're, I'm not doing it for a pat on the back. We're doing it to try and take the pressure off Adam. And the coaches, so they can just concentrate on doing what they do. But you know, the likes of—I left the house at just after two a.m. on Saturday morning to get to Dublin Airport to pick up three guys and one of the girlfriends. Get back to Belfast, then with north three or four runs to the city airport, picking things up. Then with the, the believe it or not, we were steaming duvets, which was Harry Carey. Thank you very much indeed, Harry Carey, for sorting all that out for the beds, for the players and the apartments, and we're getting them ready and. And 19 hours later, I get into the house at 25 past nine on the Saturday night. I was absolutely busted. I had the best sleep that I've had in a long time. Um, but Kelly, or Kelly and, and Laura, Laura did, I think, 15 hours on Saturday. Uh, Kelly wasn't far behind. And that's just, you know, we, we don't have a big off-ice team. But we just find a way to get it done. 
and the players when you're coming in you know on saturday just to try and have everything ready for them so there's no excuses for sunday morning for the first day of training camp and it was a long day for the first some of them as well because they're they're coming in they're on the ice they're doing a workout they're doing meetings they're doing um you know there's the steve was having a chat with them on sunday and uh there's just so many things that happen um that you just don't see behind the scenes so i see how hard steve's worked and even when he's went holiday for for you know for the first time that he's been away with his family for about four or five years every single day we were getting emails have we done this have we done this have we got that done is that was a bit and you're sitting well steve would you go to the beach and just relax um and he said well that's the whole point why i'm on because i don't like going to the beach you know he sort of just doesn't like the sunshine but the the effort that they put in um off the ice during the summer is what has brought us success over the last few years and hopefully hopefully we're going to continue on that success this year let's uh you had the opportunity uh the other day just to nip down to the training says we're going to hear some of the other views that were done then so day two of training camp um how's day one yeah it's good it's good little uh good to get on the ice with the boys get a little feel for it um just warming the body up for today's big skate test you know it's uh it's gonna be a tough one today but we always do it and it's one of the things that brings us closer from the get-go 9 15 a.m is just about three minutes away skate test um it, it, it's not a tough thing i mean sorry it's not an easy thing to, to to get hold of first thing in the morning no it's not but you know this is this is what we do for a living um and you know we want to be winning trophies again and this is i think this is a crucial part of getting the boys all closer together helping one another get through it because it's a tough slog in the morning but you know it's what we're here for the um newcomers um anybody stood out for you in the first day of practice um like I mean, there's a few guys that stood out. I couldn't really pick out a couple of names to be honest. Um, still trying to learn them all. <laughs> there's a lot of new guys, uh, but no, you know, I think we're uh, we're looking like a good fast team again. Um, so yeah, it's an exciting year ahead. Um, a couple of guys missed out last night. We're going to grab a chat with them now because they, they uh, obviously the kid arrived quite early, but um, Carter from Friday um, always. You know, there's a lot of people say it's a, it's a warm-up game, it's a friendly game. There's no such thing as a friendly. No, there's definitely not. And especially when it's against Cardiff, you know, one of our biggest rivals. Um, so the boys have already been prepped half somewhat for that, knowing that it's not going to be just a friendly game. Um, and we're obviously going to come out wanting to win that for the fans and for ourselves. Cheers. Anybody wants a haircut longer? Where to go? Old Fast Barbershop, Orangefield Lane. Boy! Jeff Bum. LFG, year three. Um, wasn't a bad year last year, was it? No, it wasn't. Can't complain. You know, we're pretty fortunate to uh, award our fans here with some pretty good hardware. And, you know, day two complete, ready to get back to work and uh, start the goal that we're trying to reach for this year. You had a good summer? Yeah, it was a great summer. Get home and uh, see Congratulations. Yeah, engagement to my uh, lovely fiance, Jamie. And, you know, we're really excited for the future and we're looking forward to being back in Belfast for year three. You've been here before. Um, the skating test looked tough this morning. Yeah. Um, a few guys uh, certainly maybe not experiencing that at the level with, with Kiefer barking the orders behind. Um, but uh, how'd it go for you? Uh, no, it went great. You know, it's uh, definitely something that we have to work together as a team and push each other throughout all five sets. And I think that at the end of the year, we'll look back on this moment right here and be glad that we were here working our butts off.
You've been on the ice now for a couple of days. Um, what's your feeling on your new teammates? Anybody standing out for you? No, I got a lot of good guys. You know, uh, some former teammates that I played with finally made their way over to Belfast. I'm excited to get back together with those guys. But, you know, we're uh, working out some kinks and getting ready to go. And I think it's going to be a great season. Um, what can we expect from the likes of... Uh, uh, Bariga, who you play with in the AIC, and, and Quinn Preston as well? Yep. Uh, you know, I think those guys work really hard up and down the ice, play a strong 200-foot game, and are able to put some pretty nice goals together, as uh, some fans were able to see with Bariga last year in Bendy, So, Hey, Judah. No complaints from those guys, and I'm uh, looking forward to getting to a uh, game with them. Come on. Thanks, Bomber. Appreciate yeah. it. No worries, Kitchy. Newcomer Travis Brown uh, to the Belfast Giants. It's the first day of training camp for you because yeah. you're, you're unfortunately your luggage get lost. Um, how are you feeling after day one? Feeling good. Um, great group of guys here. Uh, very structured. A little tired, but you know what? It always comes with the start of the season. Just excited to get things going. Obviously the skate test first thing this morning. Uh, you know, everybody doesn't like getting up in the morning anyway, but having to get up and look forward to that. Yeah, you know, it makes it easier when you're doing it with your teammates. Uh, everyone knew it was going to be hard, but uh, we all got through it together, so that's all that matters. You've been in Belfast now for two or three days. Uh, first thoughts from the city? Love it. So far, uh, I haven't gotten out much, but uh, the people who I have ran into have been nothing but kind, uh, extremely friendly, and uh, I'm excited for the season. You've made the, you've made the trip a few years now over to Denmark and obviously Norway you played in, but uh, with regards to the jet lag, have you passed on any of your experiences with some of your new teammates who maybe haven't been out of North America before? No, I'm, I'm still experiment, experimenting, trying to figure it out. Uh, before, I, before I got here, one of my trainers told me to eat uh, chocolate to help with my jet lag. I, I, do, I do it all the time. I, I, don't, I don't know if it worked, but it's a good excuse to eat some chocolate. So I'm feeling good now that it's day two. So uh, yeah, maybe it does work. What's the plan for the rest of the day? Uh, right now, I think we got to work out and then maybe get some lunch with some guys and then uh, relax and unpack my stuff because my bag just got in yesterday. Come on, thanks, Travis. Thank you. Jeff Mason, associate coach, um, back on the ice at the SSE Arena. Um, how's the first day of practice went yesterday and then just finished your skating test? How are the boys looking? I think they're looking really good. Uh, you know, obviously a lot of exciting guys getting back on the ice. First day, you know, everybody's uh, just kind of getting used to new things and it was a good day yesterday. Guys were working hard. Obviously a real tough push for them here this morning. Um, but, uh, you know, it only, it only gets going. We just get into it and uh, guys did well. We're, we're helping each other out and, uh, you know, looking forward to getting going. Quite a few new faces, you know, you've been around this organization long enough that that seems to be the case every year. And uh, one of those faces you know is uh, Elijah Bariga from Dundee last year. What can the Giants fans expect from, uh, from Bariga? You know, I think he's a guy that came into the league last year and had a lot of success. Uh, he's a player that, you know, he's got a lot of skill. He can do a lot of, you know, creative things on the ice with the puck. Um, but he's a guy that wants to win. He, he competes really hard. Uh, and I think he'll fit in really well with the with how things are done here in the Giants culture. Uh, and, you know, expect to see him have, uh, you know, similar success. Um, you've another bit of practice happening here shortly. A uh, quick break, a couple of meetings, and, uh, and then it's getting ready for Cardiff on Friday night. Yeah, absolutely. I think guys are, you know, especially after the week and doing things, guys will be excited to, to get the uh, the first competitive action going. Um, certainly when you're playing the Devils, it makes it, uh, you know, brings up the intensity a little bit. Uh, you know, the preparations for Champions League are, are well underway. And, uh, you know, definitely looking forward to seeing the guys in a competitive game. Cheers, miss. No problem. Big thanks to, uh, to Travis Brown, the Jeffs, Baum and Mason. And of course, of course, Kieran Long. Just quickly, right? So I was up in Port Rush over the summer, and one of uh, my wife Joanna's cousins 
her uh, her husband Sterling came out. I hadn't seen him in a while, and I went up and she was like, Sterling, how good to see you. He says, I'd say I haven't seen you in a while, but I saw you a couple of days ago. I was very confused. I says, what do you mean? He says, well, I went to get my hair cut at East Belfast, and there you were on a screen talking about the <laughs> Belfast Giants. So a big shout-out to the guys at Whole Fast Barbers. Um, and uh, when Sterling Ellis, he goes in for, uh, for you know, he's uh, giving him a shout. Uh, but, yeah, the yeah, big thanks to, to those guys. And good to see Longer back as well. Um, briefly, uh, just about the this the spit the bricks out patrick you can tell us the first one back the the lineup as we have it and i know we've we've talked about various mac and cal coming back and of course we have a charlie curly come in since since you guys had that podcast just a, f- a few weeks ago and the lineup is closed who says in the lab and you've been down to training who excites you in this team quinn preston kid's got it like, i've just seen his moves and he, you know he's deceptively quick um great vision he's, he's been Pairing well with one of the other players. I'm not going to mention any names for all these Cardiff fans watching online. Um, he's been pairing really, really well uh, in the last couple of days with Quinn Preston. Uh, sorry, with another guy. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and then, you know, Kohei Sato, what I said, you know, he's, he's, he is quick. Like, uh, I'd really like to see a race between Kohei and, and Matty. Um, but then even the back end, big Travis Brown, really solid player, great skater. Miles Gendro on the same thing. You know, we're also bringing back a number of, of really, really good players from last year as well. Mark Cooper was a massive signing, a re-signing, I should say. And my favourite, Ben Lake. You know, Lakers just, you know, you can just see the intensity that he brings every single practice, every single game that he plays. So it's, um, yeah, we're, I think we're in a good spot, mate. That, that, again, it's, we keep on saying, you know, hockey's not paid on paper. Um, but uh, it's, uh, you know... <laughs> It's, uh, we're looking forward to the season starting, and um, Friday night is uh, not too far away. I've just done a – I could get this wrong, David. I've just done a quick count. There's uh, 26 players is what we have on the roster, including all the two ways. Uh, and that is, that's quite a large roster. But obviously, as, as you know, we asked Steve what was different about this team, and he mentioned the fact that you know, we, have, we have targets on our back. We are the Grand Slam champions. We are the team that – a lot of you know organizations aspire to be because of successes we've had not just last year but in the last couple of years what about this team what are the pressures that are on them other than just do what we've done before they haven't won a single game they haven't scored a single goal you know this is everything it's a blank sheet of paper for them let's see in the comments there but don't play hockey on paper at least that's that's trying to be we've been positive to start the season boys here you know um we uh we have to go and do it all again. We we go as the champions, and, and Man United know better than any club over the last twenty years what it's like to go in as defending champions. You know, the uh, not the team that lost to Spurs at the weekend. So I says I did that. This isn't a football podcast, boys. Don't worry, you're talking about. <laughs> um, but yeah, you go in there, and, and Steve Thornton talked about it having that target on your back, and. That'll start this weekend. Look, we want to get off to a good start. The Cardiff Devils will want to put one, you know, bloody Arnos as well, especially in the room barn on Saturday night. Um, so it's it's all guys now are in that position. You've talked about twenty six in the roster, a couple of two way contracts, but you can only play. as it's still nineteen? You can only play on a yeah. on a given game night. So you know, there's going to be guys sitting, and every single guy that's came into Belfast over the last week will want to be in that starting lineup on the first game of the season. Champions League, you're probably allowed to run twenty two. To be fair. Says Craig, I think so. Yeah, 22, possibly even 23. Um, so but whenever the, the, the Challenge Cup starts in a couple of weeks from now, every one of those guys 
has got themselves two weeks to get into that you know that lineup and there'll be disappointed guys in that first night it gives look it gives the opportunity to rest guys that are kind of little niggles it gives different opportunities to put different lineups in on different nights but generally the hot hands get going in hockey and if you're in form and you're playing well you're in the roster so those guys will all want to be in there they're not coming from Canada, North America, America, just to, to, you know, be healthy scratches here. They're all coming to play. They're all coming to try and win trophies, defend trophies, which is the most important thing. Hang more banners in our barn. You know, I was I was watching a little video the other day, and at the end of this month sees the Ryder Cup around. First day of the Ryder Cup in 2014 yep. was the day Marty Walsh came into Belfast to announce that the Belfast Giants were going to take the bean pot to Belfast, and obviously that blew a wee bit of hype up. But we had the bell pot. And since, since 2015, since that first edition of Friendship 4, says might be able to tell you better as the, as the main stat man how many players have played in the Friendship 4 and have now played for Belfast. I you know over nine. that, so nine players, you know, more than a player a season. You know, when you look yep. at the, it's it's been going for eight years. Did you know I looked that up the other day? No. Did you? Yeah. No, look, I, I mean, there's nine that have played in the Friendship 4 that are now, including, sorry, my apologies, including the ones from this year. So this year they'll make it nine, but there's another. I think it's another seven that have played. Who Alexa Greg, Greg Prince was in Providence, but didn't make the trip. Um, yeah. Matt Foley yeah. last year Matt Foley made the trip. Play. Didn't play for um, didn't play for Yale. So there's a couple more players that were at those colleges when they played in Belfast, but didn't play in the Friendship Four. So, um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. And it's, it's absolutely. I mean, what we've done with the Friendship Four. And the team, the, the colleges that have been over here, and the the leads that they Steve and, and Adam and and uh, Robert have basically made, and the contacts that they've made from those schools coming here is absolutely priceless. But what I was going to say is, there's a picture of Marty Walsh on the ice with his Belfast Giants top on. He's holding a stick. He's getting pictures. And in the background, there's the banners, and you've got the Super League. You've got the playoffs from 03, the league in 2010, like 20. 12, 13 or whatever, Doug Christensen, Paul Lianney. And then you've had this explosion since the Friendship Four came along. And there's there's no it's 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 interlinked. Darcy Murphy with 50 goals, Scott Conway with 40 goals, Scott Conway with 50 goals, Jeff Mason or sorry, not Jeff Mason, Jeff Baum just had on. Different guys that have came in and just added to the story. And that story over the last 10 years has been incredible. And the guys get from Friday night turn a complete fresh page and write their own place in Belfast Giants history and I for one cannot wait to see it started Two games this weekend we'll start it all off in pre-season against uh, a new look a new led Cardiff Devils of mm. course the former Castlereagh Knight Pete Russell mm -hmm. in charge there um, and he'll be bringing his team in to Belfast 7pm on Friday and then we'll be travelling over to Ice Arena Wales Wales 7pm on Saturday um, both Chance uh, uh, TV says this weekend um, yeah it will be um, yeah, and obviously Cardiff Devils TV on, on Saturday as well so yeah definitely going Friday night they said, you're you're over Friday, Friday, aren't you? I'm, yeah, I'm coming over Friday morning. I've got a stag do to go to this weekend oh, in Belfast. I was, was going to say if you're free, but I would say you'd be as free as a robot. Oh, no, it doesn't start till Saturday, mate, but I, I, I'll, I'll be living in fear on, on Friday of, of what's <laughs> about to come our way. But, um, but I'm really looking forward to being able to go to the game on Friday. It's one of those real rare opportunities that I haven't had in many a year of seeing basically a fresh Belfast Jans team where I'm looking on the ice going, who's that? 
Who's he? What's he? Oh, yeah. He's fast. Who's he? Yeah. You know what I mean? The, the sort of normally I'm uh, normally for these games I have to go to an away game or, or, or watch yourself and watch yourselves on on Jan's TV to start to deform these. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to seeing this brand new Belfast Jan side and and seeing who these players are that stand out initially against the Cardiff Devils. Um, a couple of things before we go into the any other business and two things just want to bring up. First of all, massive congratulations to Neil Whiteside on the Grand Slam uh, documentary that was released. Obviously, it was put out earlier this year in that, uh, regards to the in the cinema and the people who went to see it. And then in the last few days, it was released on YouTube and getting some really fantastic uh, responses and, and feedback, and rightly so. Davey, have you watched it? it, it it's such a great watch. Uh, goosebumps at the end. There, there, there's I can't remember who it is now because it's been several months since I watched it. But that there's an interview with somebody right at the end. It might be even on the ice. Um, I, I just can't remember who it is. But it's as the video closes out and it is spine tingling. I was so caught up in the emotion of that moment when it was happening. We were down there. It was like it's almost like a out of body experience now. Looking back on it, it was like mm. I was gurning my lamps out. You know, it was it was like the peak of my Belfast Giants watching, you know, career. Um, there, there's probably a word for being a fan for 20 odd years. I can't think what it is, but, you know, supporting the Giants all the time and, and winning the Grand Slam and being there and seeing it firsthand and hugging people and crying and high-fiving and th- there wasn't a beer to be had in the place. But, you know, it was so... And then to relive it because when you're in that moment, you, you miss so much. Um I didn't see. <laughs> it was. It was. Sorry. It was. It was. I didn't mean to hit your flow. It was James Glover having a pop at me? <laughs> James Glover knows what that's about. Sorry. Uh, go ahead, David. There's a story there, is there? There is. Yeah. Yeah. We'll leave it for now. But as I said, like the then for Neil to chronicle it and the little things like doing the speech in the in the in the locker room, I can really remember that. But not I hadn't had anything to drink. But you're just so high on adrenaline that everything's going and. You're trying to take everything in, and I guess that's what my advice would be to Belfast Giants fans, because we said again and again we're in this sort of real purple patch of of the, of the club's history, and nothing lasts forever, and there'll be downs this season as well as there'll be up. Enjoy what you see, and don't take you know it's a game, and it's very very important. But I got the I got the very fortunately says was able to organise to get. The, uh, the trophies and I got to go to a homeless shelter with them I got to go to a nursing home with them I got to go and see different people that don't get to go to the Belfast Giants through their own circumstances being elderly being homeless and we're going to be able to AVFTB are going to be able to take some of these people to games this season it's important and what the Belfast Giants do is even more important so enjoy the ride let's hope we win let's hope we hang more banners and let's hope this time next year we're talking about these fantastic memories we had but enjoy them, but go and watch Neil Whiteside's video and live them again and again and again because it's just, as I say, I had goosebumps watching it. Simon, you were part of it. Tell us about it. Like, again, my, my job within that's the easy part. I just sort of prompt the players to remind them what to do and, you know, what happened at that time so they can then think back and go, well, yeah, I tried them. And then they talk about it. Neil's a genius here. Neil puts everything together and, um, and then, you know, it's obviously included a lot of the content from not just the Belfast Giants TV, but for all our, all our teams around the league and, and via play as well. And, 
and to, to put that whole thing together. And I know how much work this kid puts into this. I keep on calling him kid. He's in his 30s now. He's not a kid anymore. <laughs> um, but, you know, the, the work that he puts into it. And and even today, you know, we, we had a meeting today. Um, we, we touched on James Glover. We, Glover organized a, a group meeting today regarding um, where we are for Friday's first game. And then the CHL kicks in. Um, and Neil was there and he was showing us some of the content that he's made over the last couple of days from media days. Um, and it's it's absolutely brilliant. Um, but it's those little things that he puts together and, you know, gives so much joy. Because, I mean, I I got to watch it probably about a week before. Well, as, as he was making it, he was sending me clips of it. And then obviously he, there's bits missed out because what people don't know is as soon as we won the league, so we won the league on the... Um, was it the 1st of April against Guildford? Yes. I think it was. So 1st of April against Guildford, on that Tuesday and Wednesday, we recorded on the Challenge Cup and the win for the league. And the that wouldn't you wouldn't have seen any of that content if we didn't win the playoffs. Because yeah. we were only going to go and put it out if we won the treble. So with all the content and all the hard work that, that Neil put in, to get all that content recorded, edited the whole thing, and then the end of it was blank, and then having to put the blank part together, even though you've got so many guys that were leaving. So if you look, if you watch the video, if you watch it back again, and it's on YouTube there, so if you watch it back again, you see that it's Jeff Baum coming in at the end who didn't talk at the start of the season, and you see this Matt McLeod and... Because there was other guys that basically left a day or two after and went to GB or went to you know, back to North America again. So from the the piece that jigsaw together and put the whole thing onto it, and we we sold out two shows in minutes um, when we basically made that and we in W five back in whenever it was I can't even remember what June I think it was, um, yeah. and then as I say to, to to put that all together and and Neil's he's done another absolutely brilliant job. And look, that could be the last one. It genuinely could because, you know, it, it's what do you what do you do next? You know, obviously the the, the, the poll was out there with the, the CHL. You know, who's going to win the CHL? And the Belfast Giants came number one in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if the CHL, you know, if we win the CHL, um, then we might have a look at, at doing another one. But um, that that could be the last one. It you know it might not work to do another one, but never say never. <laughs> this is you can get that on it's on YouTube, uh, Belfast Giants YouTube, and we'll link it up on the view from the bridge, Twitter, and the likes. It's a phenomenal piece of work once again from Neil Whiteside. Congratulations to him uh, for for the, the incredible work that he does, not just here, but in regards to the Belfast Giants and Neil, and even our you know our opening titles and stuff. Neil does some phenomenal work, and uh, we're very grateful to him for that. Uh, one more point for me, gents, before a bit of any other business, and it is a congratulations to. Um, friend of the show, Mark Brooks, who has been named as the commercial manager manager for the uh, Elite Ice Hockey League, came out just about a week or so ago. Um, from from our point of view, we know Brooksy and we know how hard he worked for the Belfast Giants and how much of a loss he was to the organisation when he went to Ulster Rugby and, uh, and he did a good job there. Obviously, now this opportunity has come for him to work with the Elite Ice Hockey League in a role that hasn't really been... Uh, there's there's no nobody he's coming in as a sort of a fresh one of that there hasn't been a real commercial manager for the elite league so there's a real 
open book for him to be able to do something very special with that role and, and, and develop this brand that we have in the elite league into something a lot better. You know, it says, you know, you, you work in the organization and you know Brooksy well as well. You, you, your thoughts on him taking this role with the elite league? Yeah, I've spent a bit of time over the last couple of months. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it's a brilliant appointment. You know, he knows the game. I think doing what he does, and I know he was a rugby fan, you know, coming from a background of, of all right, as, as, you know, his grammar or something like that, I had a job at Linfield, I have no idea. Um, we, all hate, we all hate the blues. Um, but, you know, he, he, coming from the background of uh, of sport and, and going in to do what he did also rugby, but this is a different animal. You know, as you say, there's not really been anybody in that position before. I know how difficult it is to try and get sponsorship for sports teams, not so much for the league. So, you know, hopefully that way you, we can, you know, you can build that uh, gap to, to try and get some more new partners involved in, in the elite league. Because ultimately, if there's more money coming into the league, then things are going to improve. So um, here's hoping and wishing the best of luck. Um, and uh, we'll see where we'll go with it. But, you know, with Brooksy, He's passionate about the game, um, and 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 that makes it easier, I think, when you know what you're selling and the product that you're selling. Um, so yeah, best of luck to Brixie. Davey, blue man. Um, I think it's also fair to I say. I saw them in Berlin. They're a good group. I think it's fair <laughs> to say if it wasn't for Mark Brooks we would probably still be hitting our head against the brick wall and hanging about outside the locker room waiting for coaches to come out for, you know, to interview players, albeit Simon's obviously involved in the organisation now. It makes things a lot smoother. But, like, that that first few years, whenever we were sort of unofficially becoming official and stuff, Brooksy, every week, was texting us, who do you want, when do you want them, putting it on the website, giving us plenty of promo, helping with the social media side of things. And he produced you know helped us produce what the product has become today so like i think we're eternally grateful to brooksy on avftb for for helping us become where we are and only wish him all the best um going forward in this new role hopefully he'll be on in the not too distant future to have a, a chat with us if he remembers his old mates you know you know maybe too big a deal now to come on the, the avftb podcast you know but sure we'll maybe have him on he's part of we'll the league decide, we'll, de- we'll decide we can... mate we'll decide yeah He's part of the league establishment now. We get to throw bricks at him. You know what I mean? <laughs> Look at this. Why can't this? Oh, that's down to that Brooks character. Oh, disgraceful. You know what I mean? We get to do all that sort of stuff. So look forward to that. Um, like I say, we got these two games on Friday and on Saturday. Uh, at home on Friday to the Cardiff Devils, 7 p.m. Saturday away at the Cardiff Devils pre-season, uh, 7 p.m. And that will be on Devils TV. Gentlemen, any other business? Yeah, I'd like to address something. And again, look. I'm not coming on this to um, yeah, I hope it does not come across as that, but it needs to be said. It's the general behavior. We, we, the first thing that we point out, we have unbelievable fans. We really do. We've seen the turnout of the fan numbers in, in, the, in the arena last year. We've seen the amount of fans that made their way over to the playoffs and all had a brilliant time, um, you know, celebrating the, the treble and, and the Grand Slam. But the general behaviour with regards our team and and representing this, representing that badge, and you know representing our city as well. When you whether you're in the arena or whether you're going away, is absolutely vitally important. And 
there's been times in the last couple of years, and last it happened last season, uh, where fans think it's okay to get out of their seat and run across a, maybe a row of, of seats to get to the away team bench and the away team tunnel and shout abuse or use hand signs. And it's 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 not. It's absolutely not acceptable. Yes, you can give your opinion and basically, you know, boo and do whatever you want to do against players and fans. I'm sorry, players especially and coaches. But you're representing the Belfast Giants when you, especially when you have a, that, whether it's a jersey or whether it's one of the, the, the apparel or whatever it is, when you've got that on, you're representing our club and you're representing our city. You might not think you are, but you are. And it's it's important that we 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 measure that and it's important that we make sure that that stays and we, we basically behave ourselves within the arena. Number two, there's... I've seen an awful lot of talk about it over the, especially over the summer and, and even last season, when there's there's a lot of fans who are having a go at people online and having a go at at, at maybe uh, a certain amount. There's a certain group of people and certain people that stand at the back door. It seems to be the same people most of the time as well, waiting for players to come out. Please, please, please remember that the players are. That yes, they're there to be at the word and from afar, but give them their space. We're not, you know, we're, we're not saying do not do it, but we're basically saying, you know, just give them their space and respect their privacy. Please don't be going to these players' apartments. Don't go to their block. Don't go to their door. You've you've absolutely no right to do that unless you're invited by a player to do that. You're you're absolutely. It's not acceptable to just turn up and knock on a player's door. And we're always saying about, you know, how much we basically love the chance, whether it's a podcast, and, and obviously it's a wee bit different for me now with working for the club, but it, it's got to a stage where I just feel that we we have to respect the players, we have to respect the, fa- the fans as well, but we have to respect the families of the players because they're getting tortured on occasion when they come here. And again, it, it's... It's just not acceptable. And we're there's a lot of people online preaching about being kind. That's got to work both ways. You've got to make sure that if you're expecting people to be kind to you, then you've got to be kind to them. I, again, I, I don't want to go on a massive rant, even though it's probably about three minutes long already. <laughs> but I just think it's important to be said that Please give the players their space. There's going to be plenty of opportunity throughout the year that you can meet the guys. We're going to have OSC events. We're going to have signing sessions. We're going to have other things that that the fans and the players are going to be able to meet. There's going to be players coming out of the uh, locker room to go to McCool's, not McCool's, my apologies, the office um, after games and all this season as well. But please, please, please be mindful that you don't have a divine right to just walk over to a player and take 45 minutes to an hour of his time. And you certainly do not have the right to walk in or get access to the apartments or the houses that they live in and walk in and knock on their door. That is not acceptable. Sorry for running. I think, I think, uh, well said. I think uh, there's a lot, since the Belfast Giants came along, and obviously there's a profile that comes with being a Belfast Giants player that, you know, they're on the ice, they have won championships and they are there, as you say, to be adored. And having the access, w- w- one one of the things about 
the sport that we have is the fact that we have greater access to these players. So if this isn't Premier League football, this isn't Premiership rugby, this isn't doing, this isn't like or NHL. You know, this is elite league ice hockey, and part of it is having access to these players and and, and meeting them and having the opportunity to. But you have to be sensible with that. You have to be proper with that. Like, there's always going to be people who hang around at the at the locker room doors or at the back door just to get a to get a shirt signed or to just say well done or to have a quick chat with the player. That's always going to happen, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think that what you need is a level of sensibility there because if that doesn't go on, if we don't have that sort of sensible approach, and if people don't adhere to having a sensible approach and treating these people with treating these players with the respect they deserve and the privacy that they deserve then what you will find is that that sort of social interaction gets taken away and did you end up with that we can't end up having these events because some people go too far and you don't want the minority of people to ruin it for everybody that 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 often happens you don't want that to happen but what you also don't want is for that to be taken away and hopefully, you know, hopefully this season that lessons can be learned and that people can see that, you know, these players, they're there to win championships. They're there to win games. They're there to win championships. They're there to be part of a, as Davey says, they play on the ice for us because we can't. And we need to respect them for who they are and what they do and not take it to the nth degree. And I think you're, you're absolutely right with what you said there, Cesar, and I'm more proud of you for saying it. Hopefully this season these lessons can be learned. Davey, anything from you? Well, you want me to add my tuppence worth, do you? Well, you can add your tuppence worth or any other business. Just look, just don't be a melter. You know, these guys are coming to work. <laughs> generally, generally, the Belfast Giants play their home games Friday, Saturday, and we're away on Sunday. So I'm, I'm going to say nine times out of ten, but maybe not quite as much as that. Eight times out of ten, these guys are going home to get some rest for a very early morning start. Um, so respect that if you want good results, you want those guys to be in bed. You know, okay, if it's a Sunday night, there's a wee bit more leeway because they're probably not playing Monday. Think about what you're doing. Think about what you're adding to the success of the club and is hanging about at the back door to get your shirt signed five times the best use of that guy's time. They've maybe had a bad night. They maybe just want to go home to their family. They maybe want to get home so they can talk to their family in North America before, you know, before it gets too much later there. Want to get home to Zoom. They want to get home to get food. They want to go home to just rest. So leave them alone. You know, there is massive opportunity to, to, and more than ever, more than ever, there's opportunity to see these guys up close and personal through the season. Sizzle organise many, many events that people can go to and say hello and you'll get stuff signed and chew the fat with these guys. The accessibility that we have has never been as good, you know. So you'll get your chance to talk to every one of these guys and they'll talk straight back to you. Just give them a bit of space, especially after games, because if we want to, do a grand slam these guys need to be in the top shape they can so just as i said at the start don't be a melter one one last thing because i know sis's battery's about to die um you guys part of the show that took place uh the, the, the a few weeks ago what you guys did was the fantastic drive with regards to what's going on with blakey and, uh, and boston do we have an update on that it's going very well mate um you know boston uh Bruins sent a, a lovely uh package for blake um and uh, you know he's 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 yeah he's loving life right now. Uh, look, we can't thank these people enough for for making donations or buying raffle tickets. And uh, I know I think the raffle finishes next week, Debbie, doesn't it? Um, yes. Uh, just incidentally, Simon, because I don't know the rules of raffle. Oh, there's the raffle code. Am I allowed to enter? 
Of course you are. Everybody's allowed to enter. Um, at the end of the day, Raffle, Raffle basically goes in there and it, it randomly picks a winner. It's nothing to do with anybody who organizes it. Uh, that's the whole point of it being set up. So if you buy a raffle ticket and you win it, congratulations. Uh, there's no way that you can basically fix it to, for somebody to win. Absolutely not. So it's an independent uh, group that basically run the whole thing. Uh, and you, you buy your tickets and do whatever you want to do. Um, and then the, it's selected by raffle. It's not selected by um, anybody involved, whether it's myself, your your Patty, Laura. It doesn't matter who it is. Um, but look, again, massive, massive, massive thank you to everybody who's donated um, you know, I just, you know what? And I don't, I, I didn't know if I should say this or not. I, I had Blake around at my house last week. Um, and uh, there's going to be an announcement soon about something that, that's going to happen for Blake. I'm not, it's not my right to say that side of things. And that'll come out very, very soon. But I had him around to the house last Saturday week ago. Um, and his mum and dad and, and Pixie and Co and Neil. And I didn't realize what that well nearly man he's, he's 15 now what he has to go through on a daily basis you know christine came here they had to give him his food bag i i i, I can't remember the name of it you might know david that is tml or something um get this big bag of food that he's got to get the kid together it's got to be sterilized yeah. christine's come in here had to sterilize her hands and all then andy's basically taking the pack apart to put it all together, to tape it in, to get put it onto his body, um, to basically make sure he's 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 fed, um, and all these little things that you just don't realise that Blake has to go through. And I went to bed Saturday night, and I couldn't stop thinking about it. I honestly couldn't stop thinking about it. And and look, and again, look, we all know we've all got kids, and 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 you know, you you would do anything for them. And Christine and Andy would do absolutely anything for Blake. There's there's no kidding about that in any way, shape, or form. But for for everybody to donate to do this and, and hopefully make an unbelievable experience for, for Blake to go away and have a, a, a trip to Boston. Um it, it's it, you do not know how much it is appreciated by Christine, by Andy, by Blake, Pixie and Blake and everybody that's involved in it um and we cannot thank you enough so thank you very 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 much um but please still donate we we, we really do need to try uh, and raise some more money it's um it's incredible what's happened so far but hopefully we can continue to do that here here thank you to everybody who's played their part and, and donated or, or been part of the raffle and you know as i said you don't have to be you don't have to be a hockey fan you don't have to be a belfast mm-hmm. giants fan just you know, you get involved, buy a ticket, and it can be sorted out. You know, the prize can be sorted out for you. But it's all about getting the money in and helping what what we, what we can do to get Blake to Boston and, and give him that experience. That's a really good point, Paddy. It's not you don't have to be a hockey fan if you don't want to go to Boston Garden and watch our TD Garden sign and watch the game. That's absolutely fine. We'll give you two tickets for a show. Pick what show you want to go, and we'll basically organise two tickets for a show. It's it's two flights and an accommodation to stay in Boston for a few days. What's not to like? Absolutely, absolutely. We'll get more information and we'll stick it back up on on the Aviation Bridge um, Twitter and Facebook, and you can get it on the Belfast Giants uh, Facebooks and stuff like that as well. All the socials will will cover that. And um, yes, thank you everybody who has been part of that thus far. Um, anything more, gents? So we'll wrap things up. Thank no, you. that's us. 
Okay, big thanks to Sean Norris, big thanks to Matt McLeod and to, to Steve Thornton for their time. Also, you know, thanks to Travis Brown, the Jeffs, and uh, and Kieran Long. Thanks for forgetting those says. Um, the games this weekend, of course, Devils at home Friday night, seven p.m. at the SSE Arena. The Belfast Giants are back. Your Grand Slam champions are back, and then we go over to Cardiff to face them in their newly named Kyle Bond Arena. Uh, at 7 p.m. over in Cardiff. Uh, you can get us at AVFTB on Twitter, on Facebook, on um, Instagram, on not doing a TikTok. I looked at it. I thought about it as well today. I was like, just not too busy. Don't understand it. I'm getting too old. We were, we've, used to be offered, all we've, we've actually been offered, um, and it might be on the DMs on the, the Facebook or something. Um, one of Somebody the offered there. to one of the younger um, people in the fan base have said they're happy to you know, catch his batteries die. Since his batteries gone, the, bye, the, the, shoe's go, the shoe's gone on that long and catch his batteries die. Um, we'd, we'd be happy to take on like a tickety tockety thing or whatever you call it. Um, I'll have to have a look at that. That's how we look at that. have a look at that. But uh, yeah, you can get us Kingdom. I can't find your message. Come back this. We'll maybe think about that. That's it. And you get us a podcast at kingdomofthegiants.com, www.kingdomofthegiants.com forward slash podcast. And that's us. Uh, the uh, good to see you, Davy. Good to see you, says wherever in that black, you know that black square with the the circle spinning out wherever you are, mate. <laughs> and uh, wherever you are this weekend, we hope you enjoy your hockey. And we'll catch you here next time. Oh, says is back just quickly. Sorry, Sis, sorry. You just had time to say just time to say bye. Bye. We'll catch you here next time on a view from the bridge. Sports Social Podcast Network.